Welcome to Wholesome Health for Youth podcast, where I'm introducing young generations to holistic traditions. I'm Julia Dolgorova, your host, and this is episode two. Um, I just want to start off by telling everyone to follow me on Instagram to get updates through my podcast adventures. I post pictures on things I mentioned in episodes, and occasionally I'll post teasers for future episodes. Um, also, the Instagram page is just Wholesome Health for Youth. I'm trying to make it aesthetic, so let me know what you think. Okay, let's get down to business. We're going to start with the first ever Simple Switch segment. So I'll talk about a natural version of common everyday products like skincare products, hygiene products, or just like household products that you use. And basically like a natural version that I've used and recommend for all you guys. And I'll explain why the natural version is better or why the unnatural version is harmful. Some fun facts, if you will. (laughs) Okay, before I actually start with that though, I just wanted to talk about um, the fact that school is starting soon for me. And I'm kind of nervous to start school. It's going to be my senior year. And I'm like nervous because I don't know like who's going to be in my classes and stuff. But at the same time, I'm, I'm really excited. Because it's my last year of school. I never have to be back there again. And our school has this cool like program thing where if you have enough credits you can finish like you could leave school um a class period early so that's called early release and then um you could also for like a different marketing period have late arrival so you come to school a class period later and I'm really happy about that because for my first two marking periods we have four marking periods in total but for my first two marking periods I have early release so I leave school at one o'clock And then for my third and fourth marking period, I have late arrival, which I would prefer if I had early release for all four marking periods, but I'm taking an environmental sustainability class. And for that, like they only teach that for the last block of the class. So yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about. That school's starting and I'm nervous. Okay, but now we're actually going to get into the podcast, the Simple Switch for this week. So this week's Simple Switch is a regular aluminum-filled deodorant to an aluminum-free deodorant, and I'll talk a little bit about why you should make the switch. So the aluminum in deodorant blocks your glands from producing sweat, but that actually comes with really serious consequences because the aluminum that blocks your sweat glands can be absorbed like really deeply through your skin and then into your body and um, then your estrogen receptors don't work properly and you could actually get breast cancer from that since you know it's very close your underarms and your breasts so that's very harmful to us so why not just avoid it when we can deodorants also contain um, something called parabens and they're in other products like sometimes you could see it in um shampoos and conditioners or moisturizers like it'll say parabens in the ingredients but basically parabens are artificial preservatives for products so it like prevents bacteria growth since like you're using it on your skin and sometimes you could put bacteria from your skin back into whatever the container is and these parabens like are supposed to get rid of these bacterias but deodorants that contain the parabens can cause skin irritations 
and some people even get allergic reactions and it doesn't seem very serious but in the long run you could have serious issues like literally problems with your hormones and the thing that sucks is even a lot of food nowadays contains parabens so we're putting it directly inside of us not only from the outside on our skin like through products like skincare products but we're also putting it inside of us so it's like from like 360 all directions it's coming inside of us um another thing to know is parabens can be listed as different names here i have a list um it can be listed as methyl ethyl propyl benzyl and butyl so just avoid those terrible chemicals and if you don't know what it means then like if you don't know what the ingredient is then just completely avoid it because you don't want to be using on your stuff your skin you don't you don't want to be using stuff on your skin that like you don't know what you're using you know so just avoid those uh those are only two of the additives in almost un all unnatural deodorants that cause that cause such harmful effects so yeah those are only two and there's many more so the there's much more that I'm like not going to talk about today because then we would just have a whole episode about deodorant and pit sweat, which isn't cute. So just stay away from companies like Degree or Secret or Dove. Um, and now I'm going to recommend my switch that I made, like a company that I recommend. But there's a lot of natural deodorants on the market that don't contain harmful chemicals. Um, like I've tried Tom's of Maine. Um, Schmitz. There's also Native. I've never bought Native before because I think it's kind of pricey, but I know that those are good companies, but I have tried Tom's of Maine and Schmitz, and the only thing that I don't like about them is that they leave stains on my clothes, like deodorant stains, and I, like, that's annoying. (laughs) So, um, a deodorant that I found that I actually recommended by someone, and then I started using it, it's called, um, well, the company is called Woleda. It's spelled W-E-L-E-D-A. I think that's how it's pronounced, Woleda. But they have this uh, amazing deodorant that's, um, it's a spray. And the there's like a bunch of different scents. Like I know there's a citrus one and then there's a couple other ones. But the one that I use is Wild Rose. And it's awesome. Like I love it so much. I just do two sprays in each of my pits <laughs> and it lasts all day long and it smells really good, and it doesn't feel like there's something in your armpit, you know, like it just, the spray dries down, and then it just feels like there's nothing there, um, yeah, it's really nice, I know they also have a roll-on deodorant, like it has like a little ball, and it like rolls on this liquid onto you, but I've never used it before, because I just stick to the spray one, so yeah, I recommend that one, That's the simple switch for this week. Let me know what you thought um, on Instagram and let me know if you have any products that you want like a natural alternative for and I could talk about it in future episodes. Okay, that's that's all for the simple switch. This week I want the episode to focus on nutrition. So I'll talk about like different rules to follow with food, ingredients to avoid on food labels, and why they're so like detrimental to our bodies. And I'm going to debunk some food myths at the end, too. Um, Yeah, I'm going to mention some books through the episode, and I'll post them on the Instagram page so you guys can check them out. Um, I think I'm going to make a story about it, or maybe I'll make an Instagram post. No, actually, what I'm going to do is I'll have uh, highlights 
little bubble where I'll post all the um, all the simple switches and then for each week and then I'll post um, the books on um, on like I'll actually like post it on, on on Instagram like a post okay so we're gonna start off with rules to follow in nutrition and yeah, I'll like explain them and kind of walk through them. So rule number one is don't buy anything your great grandmother wouldn't recognize as food. So that's things like like don't buy gogurt tubes or like fruit by the foot, foods that like aren't actually food and you can't make them in your kitchen unless you live in a factory and the factory is your kitchen, you know? Cause you, or like hot Cheetos. You can't make hot Cheetos in your kitchen. It would take a lot of effort and like a lot of special materials that like no one really has laying around. So when you're like shopping for groceries, pretend you're your great grandmother. It could actually be like a historical shopping experience. <laughs> okay, rule numero dos is to avoid ingredients that cannot be found laying around in everyone's pantry. So like that one's pretty self-explanatory if you ask me. Um, like for example, calcium propanate. Like you don't have that laying around in a mason jar at your aunt's house, you know? So just don't eat anything that has ingredients like that, just like weird ingredients that no one has in their pantry. Rule number three um, kind of connects to rule number two, and it's don't buy foods that have ingredients that a child can't pronounce, and especially if a grown person can't pronounce. And I know a lot of ingredients, like on food labels, I can't pronounce them, so... And I'm 17 years old, and I'm in high school, and I can't pronounce them. So just stay away from things you can't pronounce. So you shouldn't, you shouldn't, like, for sure, definitely don't buy it if you can't pronounce it. Rule number four, ingredients are listed from highest quantity to lowest quantity. So if there's, let's say, the first ingredient is sugar, that means that ingredient is, like, the most concentrated in that product. There's the most of it, which is terrible. Um, yeah, just stay away from things that have sugar listed, um, in the first three ingredients or like high fructose corn syrup, which we'll talk about later and seed oils and MSG. We'll talk about all three of those later. Um, rule number five is to shop the peripherals of the grocery store. So basically like the perimeter that not outside, but like surrounding the center shelves, you know, um, because the center shelves are where all the processed foods lay and the center aisle basically equals death. So stay away from center aisles. We're too young to die. So don't go in that hellhole. I don't know if I'm allowed to say hellhole. Well, it's my podcast. I can say whatever I want. <laughs> Rule number six. Anyways, um, it came from, if it came from a plant or like grew on a plant, eat lots of it. But if, if it was made in a plant, meaning a factory, avoid it in all costs. So yeah, eat stuff that grew on a plant, came from a plant. If it was made in a factory, don't eat it. Yeah. Rule number seven. If the package says light, low fat, non-fat, low sugar, or stuff like that, just avoid it. And let me elaborate before you think I'm crazy. <laughs> If a food is processed with low fat, it often like has less flavor to it. So to compensate for the fact that for like the loss of flavor, they put lots of sugar and flavor enhancers and 
lots of bad things, making it even unhealthier than the regular version of like whatever the processed food was that you're eating. So the same way that a package could say low sugar to compensate for the flavor loss of having low sugar, more fat is added. And again, chemical flavor enhancers are added. Lots of caca, lots of not good stuff. So just stay away from things that say low fat, non-fat, low sugar, you know. Rule number eight is simple and to the point. So I'm not going to go in depth because I don't feel like the need to. This one might sting a little bit. If it's delivered through the window of your car, it's not food. So yeah, fast food. Mm -mm, It's not food. (laughs) It's made in terrible conditions uh, with terrible ingredients that you do not want to put in your body. Um, The book uh, Food Rules by Michael Pollan, he calls these types of food food like substances, which I just love. Like he doesn't even acknowledge them as food. He just calls them food like substances, <laughs> which is great. Okay, rule number nine. Avoid food advertised on TV. It's basically always processed and filled with chemicals, colorants, GMOs, and anything we wouldn't want to put in our bodies. So if it's advertised on TV, like even if you think about it, like, hmm, what's advertised on TV? Oreos, um, different types of cereals. There's never like vegetables or fruits advertised on TV because like why would you be advertising that, you know? It's always just processed foods that are advertised. So just stay away from those. If it's advertised on TV, don't buy it. And lastly, rule number 10, we're going to end it with a bang. Get out of the grocery store and supermarket and go to a farmer's market. Yeah, it might be a little bit pricier to shop at a farmer's market, but just buy things that are in your budget and ultimately the quality will be anything you can get from the grocery store and farmer's market don't have processed foods so if you're not seeing the option to buy it you just won't buy it you know and plus grocery stores are just you're supporting kind of bad sellers where um the people that are growing the food use a lot of pesticides and stuff that aren't good for our planet at all. So stay away from that. Okay, that's going to be all for the 10 rules uh, for nutrition and food. Next, I want to talk about some common ingredients that are basically in all processed foods. And you've probably heard of most of them, but maybe like you know that they're bad for you, but you don't know why they're bad for you. Or maybe you haven't heard of them at all, which is fine. I'll teach you about it, and you'll learn to avoid them. I'm just going to talk about three today, high fructose corn syrup, MSG, and seed oils, which I mentioned earlier when I was talking about the facts. So we're going to start off with high fructose corn syrup, and I have some notes about um, why each of them are bad. So I'm going to talk about high fructose corn syrup first. Um, So high fructose corn syrup is much cheaper than sugar, and it's sweeter than sugar. So a lot of companies use it as an alternative to, like, save their company money and, you know, stuff like that. They use less of it since it's sweeter, which makes it even cheaper, but high fructose corn syrup... I'm already tired of saying high fructose corn syrup, geez. (laughs) Um, It always... um, High fructose corn syrup leads to insulin resistance, Uh, obesity, high blood pressure, and even type 2 diabetes. 
and it's in so much of our food that it's crazy like if you check anything like that even even if it doesn't seem like it's sweet a lot of the times it has high fructose corn syrup in it even if it's not like a sweet dessert food like ketchup a lot of the times it has high fructose corn syrup unless you specifically get a brand that doesn't add it into it you know but a lot of foods have it and people thought it was healthier than sugar for a while because it has something called um, a low glycemic index but the high fructose aspect of it means that the fructose goes straight to your liver and it produces lots and lots of fat around your liver and it makes it harder for your liver to function properly. So it's not filtering out waste out of your body as well. And high doses of the syrup can, um, it can even put holes in your gut, which you've probably heard of leaky gut before. Yeah, that's what high fructose corn syrup can do to your gut. And the holes in your gut means that foreign food proteins and um, and bacterias can seep out of your stomach and enter your bloodstream and that can trigger inflammation which makes you gain a lot of weight and again it can cause diabetes type 2 diabetes which they're serious health issues and it's all from a syrup that's added into so much of our food high fructose corn syrup it also increases your appetite which makes you want to eat more of whatever that processed food is you know so it could cause obesity and your liver gets more and more fat all over it and now over 90 million people in america have basically livers that don't function properly because there's so much fat on them and that's the western diet the western diet is like what our diet is in america and actually a lot of other countries make fun of the western diet because it's so unhealthy and again it's not food we're eating it's food like substances that were made in factories and plants and just produced in such terrible conditions and like it's not food it's not doing anything beneficial for our bodies some people think that high fructose corn syrup is like fine for you or it doesn't harm your body and they argue that like oh, well, fruit has fructose and fruit is healthy, so how can high fructose corn syrup be so bad? Well, first off, I don't mean to be rude, but they are stupid. And they're stupid because the fructose in fruit is naturally occurring. It isn't added into the fruit. It's just the way that nature made it. Plus, the fruit has a bunch of fiber and vitamins and minerals and healing nutrients that the fructose in in fruit is so minimal that it doesn't do anything harmful to our bodies the way that high fructose corn syrup does. And the only way you can be harmed by fructose and fruit is if you're literally spending all day for your whole life only eating fruits. So, like, nobody has time to do that, and no one's going to specifically do that. They're going to get sick of just eating fruit. So you'll be fine. You could eat fruit. Just don't eat it all day. (laughs) There's lots of hidden secret names, though, for high fructose corn syrup in our food, but the common one nowadays that they're, like, switching the name to since so many people are learning that high fructose corn syrup is bad for you is they're just calling it corn sugar, but sugar is hidden in over um, 80% of the 600,000 processed foods that exist on the market, and there's 200 names to disguise sugar which is terrible. Okay, that's all about 
high fructose corn syrup and I'm tired of saying it so many times <laughs> and I bet you're tired of hearing me say it so many times. The next terrible ingredient to always avoid is something called MSG which is actually short for monosodium glutamate and it's been proven to have a connection to weight gain and asthma. Isn't that just great? Yeah. MSG, this ingredient that can cause asthma. MSG is actually a neurotoxin. And like that word itself, neurotoxin, sounds scary to me. But basically, um, MSG being a neurotoxin means that when you eat it, your brain produces excess glutamate and your brain then has excessive stimulations and you can get a stroke from that if you consume a lot of MSG. But other minor, not so minor symptoms are, okay, this is going to be a long list. Minor symptoms are headache, drowsiness, sweating, facial pressure or tightness, numbness, tingling in your face, neck, or other parts of your body, your heart races and then abruptly slows down, then races again, chest pains, nausea, weakness, basically, essentially the list goes on and on and on and on. <laughs> and lots of women, even women that I know, suffer from migraines and a lot of them don't know that MSG is a key factor in that. And if they just uh, checked their what they were eating and stopped eating so much MSG, then it could decrease, like your migraines could decrease drastically, which is really amazing. Again, the same way high fructose corn syrup is disguised with different names, um, MSG is also disguised with lots of different names. Um, so ingredients that always have MSG are autolyzed yeast, glutamate, monopotassium glutamate, textured protein, yeast nutrient, hydrolyzed protein, yeast food, calcium caseinate, glutamic acid, monosodium glutamate, yeast ac extract, and even gelatin. That's all hidden names for MSG. And some ingredients that often contain MSG um, or release it when being processed, because a lot of products release MSG when they're being processed in factories, um, so anything that says natural flavors on it, you know, when you see that on a package, it says flavored with natural flavors. You think that it's like a good thing because, you know, it has the word natural in it, but natural flavors is MSG. It's literally just a hidden name and you think it's a good thing, but it's actually extremely terrible for you. Also, artificial flavors, um, prepackaged stock, anything enzyme modified Protease, seasonings, soy sauce, cornstarch, anything ultra-pasteurized. A lot of the times, milk is ultra-pasteurized, so they're producing MSG when, they're, when they process it. Citric acid, soy protein, bouillon, barley malt, added enzymes, and anything protein-fortified. All of those things contain MSG or release it when they're being processed like absolutely terrible and those ingredients are in so much of our food that we're just consuming msg left and right and we don't even realize it you know and a few years ago like when i first learned about all of this and the msg and stuff me and my mom went through our whole entire pantry to like try and get rid of foods that contain any like of those ingredients and we ended up basically completely cleaning out 
our pantry. Like, we basically got rid of all the foods that were in there because they all contained at least one form of MSG or high fructose corn syrup. And, like, that's just crazy. So much of our food has harmful harmful chemicals like that. And if we aren't, like, educated about it, we'll just, like, ingest them mindlessly. So, yeah, that's all for MSG. The last ingredient um, that I'm going to talk about to avoid is seed oils. And if you don't know what, like, I'm talking about, basically seed oils are soybean, canola, corn, cottonseed, grapeseed, sunflower, safflower, or rice bran oil. So I bet you've heard of like canola oil or grapeseed oil, sunflower oil. Those are are pretty common. Those are just some. There's a lot of different ones. But actually, speaking of cottonseed oil, um, you might have heard of a company named Crisco that makes like this alternative for like lard. It's sold in like big blue tubs and it's made of cottonseed oil. That's like the ingredient that you know, that is, like, the replacement for lard. Well, I was reading um, one of my nutrition books a while back, and I learned about the history of of Crisco. And I don't remember which book, but I do remember them saying that Crisco um, originally used uh, cottonseed oil to make candles because it was cheaper than using lard to make candles. So basically... Um, Crisco was originally a candle making company and in the past the way that candles were made was um, beeswax was melted with lard to make candles which lard is pig fat so they would melt it to make candles and you know then it would they would put the wick in and let it set and whatever and sell it as candles well um, Crisco found that if you emulsify cottonseed oil with other different um, chemicals, you can mix it with beeswax to make candles out of it. And once they realized this, like they had good sales and whatever, and lots of people were buying their candles because it was cheaper. Well, only a few years, like after the company was actually created, um, electricity was created. So no one was really just like buying candles left and right. So the company started to lose more and more money, but they still wanted, like, they didn't want to go bankrupt, obviously. So they were like, hmm, we have to think of an idea to continue selling our cottonseed oil, um, but use it for something else. So they marketed it as something that shouldn't even be eaten, like, into an alternative for lard to use for baking and cooking. Like first it was an alternative for lard to use in candles, but now it's they're like, oh yeah, we're gonna use, sell it to people so they could cook with it and bake with it and whatever. And they basically convinced people that lard was bad to consume. Um, when actually they filled this cottonseed oil with chemicals so it wouldn't go rancid and then they fed it to the public. So Crisco should not be eaten ever. It's terrible for you. It's not even meant to be, like it was never meant for human consumption until the company decided that they don't want to go bankrupt. So they convinced people to buy their product. I guess if you have it laying around your house, make candles out of it or just throw it in the garbage.
Because maybe you, sh- you shouldn't even breathe it in through a candle. Because they use so much chemicals in it. So just don't buy it, basically. Okay, back to seed oils. They're the leading cause of heart disease, cancer, and more. Even foods that we think are natural, like, or like we think they're natural or healthy, like granola, dried fruit, different types of like breads, or like baked or keto cooked chips, most of them always have a seed oil in the ingredients, like sunflower oil, for example. Um, recently, me and my mom went to Costco and there's the Costco Kirkland brand um, kettle cooked potato chips and I was like looking through the ingredients and it was looking great it was just like potatoes salt and then it said sunflower oil and you know like when you look at it you're like oh sunflower oil like that's not bad for you it's not you know anything bad it's just you know soil or oil that they take from sunflower seeds but it's actually very very bad for you (laughs) and it's something to keep in mind you know our our diets are in our own hands and yeah it's a lot harder to avoid foods with seed oils because so much of our food nowadays contains seed oils but it's really something to keep in mind um so i'm gonna now go into like fatty acids and why seed oils are bad what fatty acids they contain which omegas they contain and whatever so essential fatty acids are they're very imbalanced in our diets nowadays um essential fatty acids are a type of fat our bodies can't like naturally make like they can't produce it naturally so we have to get it from the different foods that we eat so you might hear that like you know certain types of fish have omegas that are good for you or olive oil has different omegas that are good for you but essential fatty acids come in two different forms omega-6 and omega-3 I bet you've heard of those too, like omega-6s, omega-3s, but you might not know like the difference between the two, and I know like I I didn't know what the difference was until I researched it, but when you eat omega-6 fatty acids, the inflammation in your body increases, but on the other hand, when you eat omega-3 fatty acids, they're anti-inflammatory, so fish has omega-3 fatty acids, meaning it's anti-inflammatory, and seed oils have omega-6 fatty acids which increases your inflammation and in the past uh the ratio this is a statistic just so you know the ratio of omega-6 to omega-3 was one to one and now it's 20 to one so basically what this means is a lot of people have chronic inflammation and chronic diseases literally from just imbalance of these essential fatty acids and when seed oils are exposed to heat light and chemicals like when they're being processed or a lot of the times this happens in restaurants and factories um, they're like exposed to heat or light or chemicals seed oils become toxic to our bodies and when seed oils are heated they're they produce trans fats and trans fats lead to heart disease. Seed oils also produce um, lipid peroxides when processed and heated. So lipid peroxides are something that damage our DNA. They damage our proteins and membrane lipids all throughout our bodies. Um, And when trans fats, 
which lipid peroxide is a trans fat, when it accumulates in our bodies, we again are developing chronic illnesses and other effects like aging. Weirdly enough, it makes us age. <laughs> and seed oils are, when they're used in restaurants and different fast food restaurants, they're heated over and over again because it's it's cheaper than using fresh oil every time you like fry french fries, you know. It means that any possible anti anti antioxidants that are in the oil literally disappear and free radicals increase a lot. Uh, the antioxidants disappear because they're be- it's being heated so many times and free radicals increase. And I'll explain what free radicals are. They're basically similar to trans fats. They damage your DNA, damage proteins, and damage lipids in your body, which literally explains why it's associated with high blood pressure, heart disease, and organs being damaged. There's lots of people now that say that saturated fats um, like butter from cows, lard from pigs, coconut oil, like natural fats, that they increase heart disease, but they actually don't. Eating saturated fats um, is something that's been consistent through literally history for past centuries, while seed oils, the consumption of seed oils has increased a lot recently. So along with increasing the consumption of seed oils, what else has increased is heart disease. So we can see like the correlation between those two. And I also found a study that proved that there's no benefit to our overall health when you get rid of saturated fats like cow's butter, lard, coconut oil. There's no benefit to our overall health when you get rid of those, which proves that the dietary guidelines of like the FDA and whatever that say we should replace saturated fats with seed oils, they're just completely misleading us since we know that seed oils are actually harmful to our health and saturated fats aren't harmful to us at all. That's a lot of like information. So I'm going to wrap this episode up. We're already 34 minutes in, so I'm going to finish with some nutritional myths. One that I often hear is that a single food can ensure good health, like that one food will just fix all your problems, which is completely false. We have to get vitamins and minerals and different things like that from all different sorts of food there's not one single food that could solve everything and give us every vitamin and every nutrient and also um supplements yes their supplements are good for you when taken properly and when you know like which supplements are are you know how they're going to affect your body and if your body actually needs it but actually um if you're like taking let's say a vitamin C supplement, it's actually much better to just eat oranges or a food that has a lot of vitamin C in it because um, if the, the vitamin C that's in a food is also has other vitamins in that fruit, 
or food in general. So let's let's say like for an orange, right? We know that oranges have a lot of vitamin C, but it's not the same as vitamin C in a supplement because the vitamin C in an orange also has other nutrients and other vitamins that help your body absorb the vitamin C that's in an orange. So all of the vitamins in that orange are working together to help your body absorb it when just the pure product of vitamin C in a capsule is just working independently, you know, so it's not going to be absorbed in your body as well. It's not going to do the same thing to you and have the same benefits as actually just having the vitamin through the food. So yeah, um, a second one that a second myth that you've probably heard of, even if you're not like super invested in nutrition, is that being gluten free is something everyone should do. Well, That doesn't work for everyone, you know, being gluten free is not something that everyone has accessibility to, not everyone has the budget to be gluten free, but yeah, like if, if you only have products around you that contain refined wheat or different things like that, refined, yeah, refined wheat, basically, um, that's not good for you. Or like bleached flowers and stuff, that is that is bad for you. So I guess it is better to be gluten-free if you only have those options. But um, a few years ago, I found this type of flour called einkorn flour. So einkorn flour um, is a type of ancient grain. So the way that I found einkorn flour is through Shay Elliott. On the Elliot Homestead YouTube channel, I was watching her YouTube videos, and she always talks about how um, she uses this einkorn flour to bake and cook, and that einkorn flour has higher protein in it, and its gluten strands are much weaker. So basically, what that means is a lot of people that are allergic to gluten can eat einkorn flour because its gluten strands are so weak and it's high in protein and it has no GMOs. It's an ancient grain. So essentially what this means is, yeah, it's more expensive to grow this grain because when it grows in the fields, it grows much taller and so it's harder to to harvest and the grains, the husk of the grains um, it's harder to peel, it's harder to take off, so it's harder to actually get the grain and harvest it, and then you have to mill it and make flowers and whatever, you know? So it is more expensive to make, but it's so much better for our bodies because it doesn't contain any GMOs, and it's just overall easier for our bodies to digest. So that, like, convinced me to get einkorn, um, a company named Jovial Foods, they um, make einkorn in Italy and they import it to America and, you know, we could buy it online and they sell pastas and cookies and crackers and stuff. And so I was like, okay, for my 15th birthday, my dad asked me, what do I want for my birthday? And I said, I want jovial einkorn flour. And he got me, I think, a five pound bag of einkorn flour for my birthday. And Ever since then, um, any money that I save up, like, from work or um, from my birthdays and stuff, from Christmas, I always make sure that I save money to buy einkorn. (laughs) 
and it is a little bit of a learning curve when it comes to baking with it because um, it absorbs water much slower than regular flour and its texture is a little bit different but it's so it's such a beautiful flour it's buttery and yellow like it's not white and it's not bleached it's beautiful um another switch that you could make also um is from white sugar to dehydrated whole cane sugar so again dehydrated whole cane sugar is a little bit pricier but we should not be containing or consuming the amount of sugar that we're consuming anyways so if you buy an expensive sugar you're not going to want to eat as much of it so you're not going to be eating as much sugar So, basically, the difference between dehydrated whole cane sugar and regular sugar is dehydrated whole cane sugar, the way that it's produced is you have the sugar cane, and they extract the juices from it, and they dehydrate it, and then sell it to us. The way that white sugar is made is they take the juice from the sugar cane, they bleach it, they separate the sugar, or no, first they separate the sugar from the molasses, they bleach the sugar, and it turns into white sugar, they process it and whatever, and then they sell it to us. So we get like the Domino's white, I think the company is called Domino's, I think. They sell us the white sugar, and then you could buy like molasses separately. But dehydrated whole cane sugar, it stays rich in the minerals and the trace elements and vitamins because it's not being processed. It's literally just the pure dehydrated juice from a sugar cane. It is, the flavor is a little bit different and it's not as sweet and like the sugar crystals are slightly larger so they take a little bit longer to dissolve but it's it's much healthier for our bodies than white sugar. Um, Yeah, that's all for nutritional myths. Um, Some books that I recommend to get some more information about nutrition if you're interested um, is the book called Food Rules by Michael Pollan. So this book is like, it's very easy to read. It's a pretty short book. It's very to the point. Um, a lot of people say that it's like a purse book. Like you could just keep it in your purse or keep it in your bag, whatever. Like it's easy to read. Even for a person that's not interested in nutrition, I think everyone should read this book because it's just simple rules that you should follow when it comes to your eating. They're very, they're very simple. Like, truly, they're very simple. Like, my personal favorite from the book, the one that I will never forget, is don't eat cereal that changes the color of your milk, okay? So, if it changes the color of your milk, like, if your milk turns purple or red or pink, there's definitely chemicals in that cereal because no natural cereal can change the color of your milk. Like, that's just impossible, Yeah, so they're just like simple facts like that. Um, Another good book is Nourishing Traditions by Sally Fallon. This is, it's a big, it's a hunker of a book, okay? It's a huge book, but I really love it. It's, It's very interesting. It talks a lot about fats and different vitamins and, you know, like the different supplements, different things that you're absorbing from foods, different minerals. It's a very interesting book. And another thing about it is there's lots of recipes in there too that talk about why, um, like how the ingredients in the recipe are working together, how they're affecting your body while also giving you the recipe, the directions, and the instructions. 
for the recipe. So yeah, I'll post those two books on my Instagram page and I'll post the smart switches. Okay. Yeah, that's going to be all for today. Thank you for listening. Um, Please share this episode with your friends and follow me on Instagram again at Wholesome Health for Youth. Um, You can check out the highlights bubble that where I'll post um, the simple switches of the week. I'll make a highlight bubble for that. Um, So yeah, check that out. Okay. Bye everyone. See you next week.